Write that. Write that down, Fumi Saito. Hello from Burbank, California. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Write That Down on the Fight Game Media Network. Yes, I'm Justin Nipper. I edit for FightGameMedia.com. I'm a staff writer at WrestlingObserver.com. I also work for Pro Wrestling Noah and CyberFight. And I'm back with Pro Wrestling's leading pro wrestling author, teacher, broadcast journalist, historian, sociologist, Mr. Fumi Saito. Thank you for joining us yet again. We are today talking about Mr. Seiji Sakaguchi. A lot of people... Fans today like to talk about the big four, the four pillars, or shitenno. And when we hear that term, we often think about the All Japan Big Four. But I would say that the first Big Four in Japanese pro wrestling would consist of Mr. Sakaguchi and Antonio Inoki, and Giant Baba, and Kintaro Oki. I think those were the first real Big Four that were an absolute force. In Japanese pro wrestling, especially from the 60s and on. Uh, Sakaguchi, the best way to put it is how Fumi put it on today's show. Sakaguchi is like a Gorilla Monsoon type character. He had a great career. Career. I don't know why I said it like that. Um, but he wasn't as interested in fame, glory, popularity, not as much as Inoki was. That's not just... Their personalities were different. That's not, not a, a knock against Inoki. Inoki was the star. Sakaguchi was the one who steered the ship, though. We talked a lot about that today. And he is one of the most important characters in this Japanese pro wrestling story. And he's still with the company. He's been a, a stalwart. If you're going to use the word stalwart, you can use it with Seiji Sakaguchi. We talked about his career, his time in the States, his time in the ring and outside of the ring. Talked about his sons. Write that. Write that down, Fumi Saito. Back to basics with a great episode today. Let's learn about Mr. Seiji Sakaguchi. But before we get into that, please subscribe to the Fight Game Media Network podcast feed. You can do it on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Downcast, wherever you are usually listening to your podcast. Please hit the subscribe button. Helps us out very much. All right, let's jump in. Seiji Sakaguchi. All right, today, Seiji Sakaguchi. There's so many overlooked aspects of this man's career. Oh, his importance in Japanese wrestling, his position in in, uh, his role. His roles in in New Japan or just the Japanese wrestling history as as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, At the beginning, he of was it. yeah, he was golden rookie for JWA, Old Japan Wrestling Association, and he was a uh, um, 1960 1965 uh, national judo uh, the the open weight champion judo, and also 66 that the Brazil at the Judo World Cup third place winner. 
and also against 65 national judo champion in Japan. And he didn't quite make 64 Tokyo Olympic and found out that the 68 Mexico Olympic didn't even have judo. You know what I'm saying? And if he stayed with judo world, that uh, he was going to be just a sort of like instructor or a college professor or that the person from judo association. And he told me one time that he was a wrestling fan growing up. When he was little, he grew up in Kurume City of Fukuoka. When he was a kid, Ricky Dawson and Masahiko Kimura and Sharp Brothers came to Fukuoka and he watched it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and then uh, it was really hard in 60s that uh, if you're a wrestling fan in the national level judoka, you couldn't tell your teacher or the coach or the, uh, you know, that the, the headhunter, you know, like a big wig of judo association that you're a wrestling fan. They say, oh, they're so fake, right? And uh, he couldn't tell these people that uh, he wants to be a wrestler. So, um, uh, on 25th, you know, birthday of, you know, the, the day he became 25th, you know, 25 years old, he's, you know, quietly left judo world and signed with Yoshino Sato of JWA to become wrestler. The same day, they, they put Sakaguchi and Jan Baba on the plane, and then send them to California. Isn't that interesting? What that year was, 19, was that? 19... 1967. 1967. Yeah. On their way to the States. 64, yeah, like a 64 Tokyo Olympic, he didn't make it, but the, he was national judo champion, 65-66, and also third place winner, World Cup judo in Brazil. Then another national title the following year, and uh, found out that the six, 1968 Mexico Olympic didn't even have judo as an official you know, sport. So he uh, said, should I wait another four years to go to Munich? Or should I, he was, uh, he was already, you know, he graduated from Meiji University, same university Masa Saito was in. And actually, Seiji Sakaguchi is one year older than Masa Saito, but uh, same Meiji University athletic fraternity, you know, the, the Masa Saito went to Olympic in judo, I mean, uh, wrestling, and Sakaguchi was a prospect to go to Olympic, but there only one person in each weight class go to Olympic, right? Then he wasn't placed, but uh, he won the two national champion and uh, third place in the World Cup, and just as good, right? Hmm. And uh, wanted to go to Mexico Olympic four years later, but the, there was no judo. And uh, he started, you know, graduated from college and he went, uh, started working for the company called Asahi Kase, that's a real big company, like a steel, you know, uh, steel company, you know. Mm. The, and uh, he secretly wanted to be, become professional wrestler. He was, a, he's a, he was a wrestling fan growing up. And the big guy, right? He's hmm. what uh, 196 centimeter. Well, that what would be six five, six six. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. Uh, not too much shorter than Giant Baba. Giant Baba, right, right. And 125 kilos. That would be like a 270. Mm -hmm. Big, big guy. dude. Yeah, cool. big, big guy. And uh, yeah. great shape, real athlete, and um, not too many wrestlers like him since since yeah, then the and around that time. I wanted to do this episode is that. It's today's, yeah, um, today's uh, English-speaking audience, you know, finally getting so interested in Japanese wrestler and Japanese history, and probably because of Keiji Muto or the Masa 
Kono, the little bit of Hamoto, the Misawa, Kobashi, Kawada, Tawe, right? Four pillars and three musketeers of New Japan. Into Shinsuke Nakamura, Hiroshi Tanahashi, to today's Kazuchika Okada. But you have to go back a little bit to know more about it. And uh, Antonio Inoki, great. You know, the, everybody knows his legacy and history and, and importance in, in wrestling history, right? But uh, I think that uh, Saka, Seiji Sakaguchi's legacy has been so, so overlooked. Agree? <clears throat> Hello. Yep. I think with Sakaguchi, I think that it's people don't realize how long he's been involved with New Japan and how how he's been pulling the strings and saving the company for so many saving years. Saving the company. But first, he started out um, February, 27, uh, February 17th of 1967. His 25th birthday was uh, the day he signed his new, uh, that the uh, old JWA, that uh, Japan Wrestling Association. Mm-hmm. The Ricky Dozen's old company. But Ricky Dozen was gone and he was run by a guy, Yoshino Sato. Okay. But he, he the day he was signed with the, the JWA, he wanted to hide from judo association people because <laughs> the, the big wig from judo don't want their judoka to become pro, pro wrestler. It would probably be a bad experience with Masahiko Kimura, for one thing. Hmm. And also, it's a going in, in there, great. It's a show business. You'll make big money, but uh, you're leaving judo world, <clears throat> so to speak, right? But he wanted to, you know, because, okay, if you stayed with judo people and then judo association, well, well, he'll probably coach college. Is that it? You know? Yeah, the, the, I mean, it yeah, wasn't in the Olympics every year. Judoka until you were, what, about 28, 30? Yeah. Hmm. And uh, he um, he basically signed, you know, because he was a wrestling fan growing up. But he just couldn't tell judo people about it. And uh, to make a long story short, that uh, he signed with JWA, and that was the night, the same day, they sent Sakaguchi uh, with Jan Baba into the states. You know, then he actually debuted in the states. And for the, for the next five years, see, Jan Baba had like a two year run in America, right? Mm-hmm. And after that, Antonio Inoki had another two-year run in America. Sakaguchi actually had like a four-year run with Amer- in America. You know, mm-hmm. like one year, uh, they went to Georgia, went to Florida, went to Detroit, went to California, and just uh, one year, stay and come back for spring tournament. Then after the spring World League tournament, he goes back to states and spend another year in, in, in America. Then following year, he comes back for uh, World League tournament and, and then work, you know, like a six weeks World League tournament. And right after that, <clears throat> he goes back to states. And all in all, he spent four, first four years of his career in basically in America. Hmm. Longer, I mean, a lot longer than anybody like Baba or Inoki or Jumbo Tsuyura, Fujinami, Choshu, anybody. <clears throat> That's interesting, right? Hmm. Well, because they could do so because JWA had both Baba and Inoki and uh, the third person, Kintaro Oki from Korea, hmm. uh, together still. And the golden rookie, Sakaguchi, could be in excursion forever until he's ready. So he basically... Uh, came back uh, as a main event guy right hmm. away. The big guy, yeah. What were some of the first big-time matches, singles matches that Sakaguchi had when he came back to Japan? 
of the, the 1969, the, the 11th annual World League tournament, third place. You know, that the, that was the year Inoki won for the first time, 26-year-old Inoki, you know. Um, actually, Sakaguchi is one year older than Inoki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was always kind of like the big brother. Yeah, yeah, one year older, but a uh, lot less career, you know, like because uh, he wouldn't be, you know, turn pro pro wrestler until he was 25 because he was in judo so long, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, 69 World League tournament that he had a single match against people like Bobo Brazil, the Chris Markoff, the, you know, Gorilla Monsoon, the uh, rookie Bobby Duncan, and just all single match against, you know, every single American talent. Then went back to States. Then following year that he came back, 1970s World League, 12th annual uh, World League tournament. He had a single match against people like Don Leo Jonathan, the, mm. uh, the convict, if you remember, you know, big costume convict, <laughs> you know, like a Stan Fraser. Mm. And yeah, that, yeah. And uh, he came back once a year like, when I was a kid. Then he would be gone again for the whole year. Then uh, uh, 71, he finally came back. He's pretty much stayed 67, 68, 69, 70. Yeah, until 71. So it's all, all of four years, first four years he spent basically in America. And uh, useless trivia was uh, like when he stayed, he was staying in Amarillo, Texas, that the apartment next door, there was Dick Murdoch. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did so they ever meet made- up? Did they ever cross paths? Of course, because Dick Murdoch, you know, was working in New Japan all through the 80s. And I believe Sakaguchi was the one who, you know, got the Dick Murdoch, you know, from all Japan. Mm. I mean, right next to, I mean, like all these wrestlers, you know, like uh, when he was with, you know, like traveling in in Florida, the Texas, the Georgia, all kinds of territory at the time, right? Mm-hmm. So Sakaguchi was staying in one territory in Georgia seven months, Texas for another eight months, back to Florida for another eight months. All these, the, the day he met and learned the language. And he was challenging Dory Funk Jr. for, for the NWA title while mm-hmm. while he was in the States. Yeah, of course, they crossed each and every one of them. Yeah, I mean, aside from Ricky Dozon, and Ricky Dozon's tours weren't as regular. I mean, Sakaguchi was one of the first uh, kind of regular foreign or Japanese wrestlers to to stay around for that long in the States. Four years is a long time back then. Yeah, after after Sakaguchi, there was people like Killer Khan, Great Kabuki, Kendo Narasaki, and of course, Masa Saito was always there, mm-hmm. you know, starting 67. You know, then they, they, Sakaguchi and Masa Saito both went to the same college, Meiji University. Wow. Yeah. What a coincidence. Um, yeah, but they were friends, you know. Ah. And, and, and Masa Saito in, in the Olympic wrestling team and Sakaguchi in national judo team, you know, like a big jog fraternity in Meiji University. So they get together a little bit later on, you know, the, after they became management in, in New Japan. But the, as an active wrestler, yes, both Masa Saito and Seiji Sakaguchi was in a World League tournament of JWA in like a 71, 72. Yeah. And 72, if you remember, Inoki tried to revolutionize the office and ended up getting kicked out of the company, right? 
December of 71, he mm. was Inoki was terminated. And that's how Inoki started New Japan Pro Wrestling in March of 72. After Inoki left, Jan Baba resigned and he wanted to, you know, start his old Japan Pro Wrestling. It was July of 1972. Jan Baba started old Japan Pro Wrestling. That left Sakaguchi as top talent of JWA all of a sudden, five-year rookie, right? But uh, he, um, all of a sudden, Inoki's gone, Baba's gone. Well, after Inoki was gone, at a short period of time, Baba and Sakaguchi became Tokyo Towers and had an international tag team tournament uh, title. The same international tag team title that today's old Japan has, the same physical belt. Amazing, right? It's so old. It still looks... Yeah, you know, yeah, and also Yoshi, uh, that uh, after Inoki left, that uh, uh, Michiaki Yoshimura uh, took Sakaguchi as partner and became Asian Tag Team Champion, the same belt that all Japan has still today. And after, and when Inoki was kicked out of uh, the JWA, he had the UN uh, national, United National Title, the mm -hmm. uh, one third of triple today's right. triple crown. Yeah, Sakaguchi became. Uh, UN that the United National uh, Champion beating King Craw that uh, that the original Don Crawford from Canada that the, that happened in Los Angeles at the Olympic Auditorium. Olympic Auditorium was almost like part of Japan territory. A lot of right, things happened. Yeah, yeah. You know a lot of saying? big title changes, big matches, TV TV matches that they would air in yeah, Japan. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it was Los Angeles Olympic Auditorium at the Jan Baba and Sakaguchi's Tokyo Tower beating Dorian Dorian Terry the Funks. Uh, then got the international tag team title back to Japan. That was also in LA. It was referee Red Shoes Duggan. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it's kind of useless trivia, but the Sakaguchi basically inherited. All three belts Inoki ha had, right, uh, right after Inoki left, all three belts, international tag team belts, Asian tag team belt, and UN singles belt that the Sakaguchi basically inherited and became the top guy in the company. But it was like, Baba's gone, Inoki's gone, uh, that for eight month eight month period that the Sakaguchi had to carry, you know, this, the oldest company, and then he felt that he was sinking boat. Nonetheless, right? It was actually Seiji Sakaguchi who saved Inoki's New Japan Pro Wrestling. See, between March of 72 to March of 73, Antonio Inoki had to carry, you know, the, the new, the, 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 the newly formed New Japan Pro Wrestling for one year without television. That's mm. impossible, right? And Sakaguchi was actually the one who brought the TV Asahi deal with him and joined New Japan. Because saving the company and they and still was, have the yeah, deal and, with and, and, and Asahi. Shortly after that, since. the old JWA went down finally for the mm. you know for final time. So it was actually Sakaguchi who basically saved like Really shaky, you know, like a first year New Japan. Antonio Inoki was really popular, but he didn't have TV first year. It's with network TV's budget that's impossible to run this big company, right? Hmm. And uh, Sakaguchi brought himself and young Kengo Kimura, young Ozawa, who later become Killer Khan, and another person called uh, that. Uh, Daigoro Oshiro retired later, but the four wrestlers joined and left Kintaro Oki, that uh, Takachiho, who later become 
great kabuki, that the Sakurara, who later become Kendo Nasaki, that the great Kojika, the Matsuoka, the Umanosuke Ueda, the, all these senior left them. They didn't want to join New Japan, Inoki's New Japan, because they were the, the one, the, the very company that terminated Inoki eight months before that. And uh, TB Asahi had a feeling that the, your Sakaguchi's JWA and Inoki's New Japan should merge and will carry the program. And it was Sakaguchi and TB Asahi producers that really handled this thing and that the rest of the JWP's, JWA's old, old crew didn't want to join Inoki's new company. But, but the Sakaguchi said, no, I told Inoki I'm coming, so I'm going, right? And took four young wrestlers with him, then joined New Japan April of 1973 with television. Then Inoki had the, the, finally have TV Asahi, 8 o'clock Friday night television. Oh, you know, this, it didn't happen overnight. You know, Inoki actually struggled one year, very first year of New Japan. But it was Sakaguchi's this deal that the, who brought TV Asahi's network, the contract with him. That part is so overlooked, right? And from, I guess, from the mid-70s on, how long did Sakaguchi stay active as a wrestler in the ring before he went? Until in... 1990. Okay, until he 1990. Didn't, yeah, yeah. He didn't, yeah, he didn't retire, uh, officially retire until 1990. But uh, he, I mean, after like a mid-80s, he probably worked one match at tour. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or he like maybe be in a tag team or, or, or something a little like bit. that. And some like uh, uh, I told you before that it's like Dave, like in 1985-ish, that they announced Under the Giant against Akira Maeda, right? Mm. Under the Giant against Akira Maeda or Big Card, right? Then uh, uh, Andre canceled the tour. So it's like, oh, wow, what are you going to do? Then, they, then then Sakaguchi comes in, Sakaguchi against Akira Maeda. Oh, wow, that's just as good, right? Mm. And there was a time, yeah, uh, Andre against Brody, uh, they were they announced at the Osaka Castle Hall uh, that the, both Andre and Brody canceled the tour. Oh, my gosh, the one of the main cars gone. Then Sakaguchi come in and have some single match. It's like, all right, just as good. Actually, yeah, it's like uh, I always use this analogy, you know, analogy that uh, it's kind of like Beatles and Apple Studio. Antonio Inoki was spending more than they were making all through 70s and 80s. And uh, like a crazy idea like Antonio Inoki against Muhammad Ali and, and paying, you know, Muhammad Ali $6 million, for, you know, for 1976 money. It's crazy, right? Mm. And would Inoki, the president of New Japan company, that would Inoki come into office and do the desk work? No. <laughs> you know, it was always the Lieutenant Sakaguchi that did all these, you know, actual <laughs> actual work, the company people and wrestling people and promoter, TV people. He really handled it. So I always feel that that the Sakaguchi was much like your Gorilla Monsoon and Pat Patterson of WWE. Kind of, mm-hmm. kind of like he was a respected wrestler and very big superstar, but at the same time, he didn't have in ring ego like Inoki had. That he Sakaguchi stepped down a little bit and he always took care like backstage business. If Sakaguchi was there, it will, it'll work out, 
You know what I'm saying? Mm. Oh, like, uh, t- you know, TV people or NWA affiliate that uh, Vince McMahon Sr. and Anthony Inoki's WWE, por- you know, WWF partnership, that uh, Johnny Powers and NWF, that uh, the tour to Korea, tour to Brazil, tour to Mexico, that the uh, after Inoki had this Muhammad Ali fight and paying Ali $6 million or so, that the TV Asahi basically covered it, right? Hmm. Because of the money New Japan owed to TV Asahi at the time, Inoki had to do this a series of martial arts fight, you know, against kickboxer, against the karate fighter, the, you know, all kinds, you know, martial judoka, you know, worldwide it's like non-wrestling fight and Sakaguchi will travel to you know America Mexico and other places with Inoki and he Sakaguchi probably didn't even want to do it but he had a usually had a judo jacket match underneath Inoki mm-hmm. if you remember yeah and also the first that the title the new 1973 version of New Japan created it was NWA North American Tag Team title when Inoki wanted to join NWA, that uh, they basically created their own NWA North American Tag Team title, and the the first the tag team champion was Johnny Powers and Pat Patterson, and Inoki and Sakaguchi fly out to Los Angeles Olympic Auditorium and have that title, you know, that the NWA North American Tag Team title title match, and it was taped by TV Asahi and goes home. So Sakaguchi always needed to be there, basically, like babysitting all kinds of Inoki's ideas. All sure. along. You know, does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And also when, you know, Inoki started, wanted to start the World League, like the spring tournament, like just like JWA, it was always Sakaguchi who was there for him. And uh, while Jan Baba always had like, you know, NWA champion, like people like Dory Funk, the Hardy Race, the Jack Briscoe, the whatnot, right? Sakaguchi had single match against Inoki. So it's a big card. See, it was like, it took New Japan uh, like years and years to bring in name American talent until they signed with Vince McMahon Sr. And they stopped bringing in people like under the younger under the giant and uh, it was sakaguchi who handled it because on paper uh, inoki is a president of new japan pressing everybody knows about it but would inoki come in do the desk work in the morning mm-hmm. no he was always always sakaguchi who was also top talent in the ring but he was lieutenant sakaguchi who always handled it you know, Inoki would spend more than they were making, but Sakaguchi was there to sort of like a stop it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it was like, and that's why that Sakaguchi's accomplishment and his role in, in, in New Japan's history and in New Japan's business been so overlooked. You know, in-ring talent, he stepped out. I mean, he stepped down, not retiring, but uh, it was time for Fujinami to be star. It was time for Riki Choshi to be star. Like Akira Maeda, Nobuhiko Takada, and a little bit later on, Muto, Chono, Hashimoto, Kensuke, Sasaki, the Hiroshi Hase, all these people. Actually, Sak- actually, Sakaguchi wasn't even retired. He just 
It didn't even work anymore. And when Inoki really um, uh, became 1989, I'm talking about that uh, run for public office and became real, you know, national politician. Mm-hmm. Then 89 Sakaguchi finally became the president of New Japan Pro Wrestling. But his work was such all along. I mean, all through mid 70s into 80s, it was Sakaguchi who handled all the business. And also, people like people like like a Bam Bam Bigelow, who was regular with New Japan, he categorized himself as a Gucci boy. Mm. It's like a Gucci's boy. Yeah, it's like, you know, mid to late 80s, there was a Masa Saito crew of American, like a, a sure. Bader, Tony Honda, Scott Norton. Yeah, yeah. But the, before that, you're talking like Billy Jack Haynes, the uh, guys from Calgary, the uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, the Conga uh, the Barbarian. The, and all these the, the previous guys were all Gucci guys. Saka Gucci, Gucci guys. guys, huh? Yeah. Oh, the biggest name, Dick Murdoch and Mass Superstar. I see. Mm. Yeah. That was a, the Booker Sakaguchi's talent, you know. But uh, he's, you know, like I said, he doesn't have this in-ring ego that much. Of course, he's a superstar too, Sakaguchi. Yeah, he was always very much number two, right? Hmm. Inoki number one and, and Sakaguchi number two. And also tagged him, Inoki and Sakaguchi tagged him, always main event, you know, the early to mid-70s. But the Inoki only had this NWF title that uh, Sakaguchi had this North American heavyweight title. One time he beat Johnny Powers to become NWF version of North American title. And another time he beat Pat Patterson to become WWF version of North American title. But he didn't even have this strong, you know, superstar ego. And those titles that Sakaguchi held was quickly forgotten. You know, didn't even vacant. It just didn't, wasn't even mentioned, you know, anymore. And to make stars, Sakaguchi and Ricky Choshu was North American Tag Team Champions, that the Ricky Choshu's very first belt. Mm-hmm. You know, Young Ricky Choshu. Young, younger Ricky Choshu was like a shorter, permed, you yes. know, yeah, punch Wrest- perm. <laughs> wrestling in uh, California early on. Yeah, in, in Montreal, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it was Sakaguchi's role always to, you know, like sort of step down because everybody knows he's num- big number two. But uh, if he stepped down, somebody else will, will, will be a star, you know. And pretty much in every uh, like a spring World League tournament or let on Madison Square Garden Series tournament in spring, they renamed it, that Sakaguchi, you know, it's a round-robin tournament. So you Sakaguchi will have single match against people like Fujinami or you know like a younger upcoming talent, he, he would have good match and not win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that make sense? He's yeah. a, he, uh, he's one of those wrestlers who we were kind of talking about it earlier. He'd be the replacement that everybody was satisfied with, right? He was the kind of guy that he was always over whether he whether he won or whether he lost. People really seemed to connect and enjoy. Sakaguchi over the years, and he was and always. And what's so special about him? About thirty year period, he always looked the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the same crew cut and the red trunks. Never got out of shape. shape. Yeah. Yeah, always in good shape, but doesn't even want to be in the main event. Hmm. But when you go to the building to watch wrestling, Sakaguchi's walking around. Sure. Is he working tonight? No, he isn't. Hmm. But he's here. 
I mean, it's kind of, that's why he is your gorilla monsoon. Mm. Yeah. I mean, even today, if you see uh, one of the New Japan ceremonies or if they're honoring somebody and they're, they're doing something, it's gray, like gray hair Sakaguchi's is still there. Yeah. Yep. Big tall guy in the front. Yeah. Tall guy with gray hair now. But he was always taller than, I mean, like a couple inches taller than Inoki. Yeah. Right. He was a big guy. He was almost yeah. as big as Baba. He was like a three, three inches taller than Masa Saito and Miki Choshu. Yeah. And yeah, they're taller than everybody. Probably taller than Keiji Muto. Yeah. I think so. I yeah. Think so. Yeah. So, and also he was instrument uh, of like a, he was actually a one time figurehead NWA president too. If you remember 1990, 1991, WCW and, and New Japan partnership. Mm-hmm. 91, very first year of G1 Climax, that famous against Chono and Chono went over like a big like almost big upset and people throwing you know pillars I mean like pillows at the small palace right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the famous famous scene in 1992 second annual G1 Climax was NWA World Heavyweight Championship Tournament it was around the time WCW had both WCW World Heavyweight title and NWA World Heavyweight title WCW World Heavyweight title the same year, July Great American Bash, uh, that Lex Luger became WCW World Heavyweight Champion. And the following month, that uh, August of 1992, New Japan held G1 Climax to make new NWA World Heavyweight. So there's a two sets of world title. And that, that the second year, 92 summer, G1 Climax, New Japan, they sent people like Bill Watts and Dusty Rose to be the witness, and Sakaguchi will be sitting there with him. Does, mm-hmm. that, make, does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that uh, 92 G1 Climax final uh, and also final of NWA World Heavyweight Championship Tournament, uh, recruit against Masachono. The famous match. Hmm. Then Masachono won the NWA world title and put the flare gold belt around his waist, if you remember. So Sakaguchi was like, a, you know, Bill Watts, Dusty Rose generation. So around that time period, he was sitting in the desk with them. Yeah. And also, if you remember that uh, the year he became... Uh, New Japan president, it was 1990. It was the only time John Bob would sit down with, you know, New Japan and, and have an exchange, you know, like uh, New Japan's Tokyo Dome card, Jumbo Tsura and Yoshiaki Yatsu and New Japan, uh, Stan Hansen, all Japan wrestler coming to New Japan and work Tokyo Dome show. Mm. It was Sakaguchi and Baba together. See, if it was Inoki as a president, Baba wouldn't sit down with him. Does right. that make sense? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he was always Sakaguchi, like a very trustworthy promoter and a boss and a businessman. Reliable, stable. Yeah. And also not big superstar ego, although he was. So I'd say he's so much like Gorilla Monsoon and Pat Patterson. Yeah, yeah. When you said that earlier off the air, that was, I think, that felt like the best analogy for Sakaguchi. Yeah, because in his, you know, active wrestling days, he was also a star, you know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he didn't 
he probably didn't want to be the top guy, you know. What went up must come down, probably. Sure. <laughs> you know? They were yeah. big guys. There was nothing to prove, uh, you know, in terms of toughness. You know, they, they were big guys. Nobody was going to mess with them. So that that ego part of it was off the <laughs> and, table. In, in old-fashioned territory-style wrestling, you know, usually active wrestlers were bookers, sure. like your Bill Watts, mm-hmm. Dusty Rhodes, Fritz Von Erich, The Sheik, Dick the Bruiser. You know, all the territory, or Vern Gagne for that matter, you know, top wrestlers were also the guy who was giving finishes, right? And uh, it's very interesting about New Japan's structure that uh, nobody can go into Anto Inoki's private dressing room. Much like Jan Baba's private dressing in the building, uh, for all Japan's case, uh, the the Jan Baba always had his own private dressing room, right? In the mm-hmm. new all Japan building. Stan Hansen, Terry Gordy, Steve Williams, and Johnny S was about the four wrestlers who could actually walk in to Baba's dressing room and sit down and talk. Okay. Wow. That was about it. Mm-hmm. And Inoki's case, you know, New Japan, Inoki always had this either private dressing room or the big dressing room, but the way back there and put the curtain around him. And so nobody can see him. Hmm. Okay. And actually none of these American top talent, including people like Bruiser Brody, you know, or the Vader, you know, they cannot go into, well, or Inoki wouldn't talk to any wrestlers. Once you're in the building, you know, you wouldn't let alone, I mean, they're not, not Japanese wrestlers, but the American wrestlers who's going to, you know, be fighting Inoki. No, no, they cannot come into Japanese dressing room. Okay. But uh, it was always Sakaguchi who would speak, actually physically speak with American talent at the building. Hmm. Is that interesting? Hmm. He was the guy. He was the main contact person. Yeah. Much like your Bill Watts or Ollie Anderson. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah there's, there's always the figurehead person that we know is on top and we hear is on top and we read their name and there's the person who actually is in there doing the work on the ground. There's always yeah, that but, dynamic. Yeah, uh, but Inoki Sakaguchi, you know, had this separate role and they got along just fine for 30 years. It's like, almost like a miracle because I believe Sakaguchi didn't compete with Inoki mm-hmm. in that in a sense. You know, he, it seemed like a good relationship, good fit for for both of their personalities. Yeah, if Sakaguchi had Inoki style ego, that wouldn't last, right? Mm-mm. No way, especially back then. Yeah, so it's both active, you know, mm-hmm. both very much on, on top talent, but it was always Inoki the king. But he would not talk to you know wrestlers directly. That you have to go through Sakaguchi. Is that interesting? Mm. It is. So, but it was like always that, uh, you know, it was good for business because it shouldn't be easy to get to Inoki. Nobody. Mm -hmm. It's always Sakaguchi that's standing right right there. And he would be the person to be talking. Any American. No, I mean, doesn't matter what big name talent that it has to be Sakaguchi you'll be talking to. But that's probably that another reason that the American talent had easier time with old Japan than the new Japan. Because I've heard over the years, over the decades, that the new Japan always had too many bosses. Mm. <laughs> you'll, you'll never get to talk to Inoki. You'll never get there. 
you know sometimes it's sakaguchi or you got you've gone there you know pretty pretty far you know but uh usually you'll be speaking taiga hattori that's it sure sure yeah yeah, so that was like that. So it's like a cluster and cluster of this hierarchy there in the company that you'll never get to Inoki directly. Mm-hmm. But it was Sakaguchi who really handled it real well. That that's why I say he was like the your gorilla monsoon, you know. And uh, yeah. yeah, it seems like he sort of created loosely. He created the system for you know overseas relations for excursions for Japanese wrestlers. He sort of, you know, he was right part of the template, you know, writing that for staying yeah. there, not just doing a, a shot, like one or two shows, but really, uh, really living and working in the territories at the time. Uh, I, I think he's kind of a trailblazer in that sense. He did a lot of yeah, things for the what business. What was so interesting was, though, that uh, summer of 1972, summer, summer of 1972, Sakaguchi was in position where he could go either Inoki's New Japan or Baba's Old Japan. Mm-hmm. He could go either way because the old ship JWA was sinking, obviously. You know, that after Inoki left and Baba left and they put Sakaguchi in the main event position that the TV Asahi's World Pro Wrestling program wasn't doing too well on Monday night. And uh, the, the, obviously that the drawing, you know, the, they weren't drawing and the people were not interested in the show without Baba or Inoki. Uh, poor Sakaguchi had to carry the old company for seven months period. And TV Asahi people telling Sakaguchi, young Sakaguchi, that you should join with Inoki and march the company who will carry the network, will carry the program, right? And summer of 1972, Sakaguchi could go either way that the Nippon TV channel falls giant Baba's All Japan or TV Asahi deal uh, that with Inoki. And I believe it was, it's kind of like an old, old dressing tale. It was Sakaguchi's wife that, uh, do you want to go with Inoki's wife, Mitsuko Baisho, or do you want to go get along with Motoko Baba, the Baba's wife? <laughs> and Sakaguchi's wife picked Mitsuko Baisho, the Hollywood actress. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Celebrity couple, you know. If you remember Mitsuko Baisho, well, they, you know, Kim Mitsuko she was Baisho, beautiful. Well, she yeah, was, uh, was married for about 17 year period and had one daughter. Yeah. The, she was a the, movie oh, actress or television uh, actress? Uh, big, big movie. Big movies, yeah. Did she yeah, sing big, as well? Yeah. Huh? Did she sing too? Was she a singer? Uh, they had couple, yeah, couple hits, yeah, but yeah. mainly like your big silver screen, big screen actress. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, as big as Inoki, or probably bigger at the time. Yeah. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a, like a Hollywood couple. Hollywood couple, right? Very much Antonio Inoki, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was Sakaguchi's wife that the choose Mitsuko Baisho over Motoko Baba or something, mm-hmm. and that, that that was a te- rest, another wrestling famous tale. That uh, summer of 1972, Sakaguchi could go, either, could pick either way. You know, the uh, Baba's old Japan, because Baba told him, oh, "We'll be waiting." Right, and then they had a meeting with Inoki. Inoki wanted, you know, wanted him to come in. It's like Sakaguchi could go either way and choose. Anthony Inoki and TV Asahi's deal and rest, you know, the rest of the history. Hmm. Yeah. So well, it's it interesting like- to see the other, that there are these backstage urban legends of uh, non-players, non-wrestlers 
uh, also getting involved and changing the dynamics back then. Yeah, but uh, all these, you know, people who joined, uh, all, you know, New Japan with, with Sakaguchi, you know, Masashi Ozawa at the time, rookie, later on he became Killer Khan. You know, Takashi Kimura, later on he became Kengo Kimura. And uh, they all made the main event, right? Mm -hmm. So, and at the time, young Fujinami, you know, that the day creating junior heavyweight division, and Sakaguchi stepped back and down and said, go ahead, you know, right underneath Inoki. And in the TV, you know, that the Friday eight o'clock uh, world pro wrestling on channel channel 10 now it's channel five but the tbsi is prime time wrestling in the program every friday night that usually when you turn the tv on eight o'clock fujinami comes on sure you know yeah open so the show like, yeah like a real fast good looking the junior heavyweight wrestling and sakaguchi basically stepped down you know so he didn't want to be on tv hmm. <laughs> isn't that interesting yeah. when we could she turned Ricky Choshu turned heel for the first time. That the killer Khan turned on Sakaguchi and Masa Saito come in. Uh, Ricky Choshu and Masa Saito and Killer Khan gave diving knee drop off the top rope onto Sakaguchi. Sakaguchi got carried out. Oh my god, <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that interesting? Mm. Yeah, so it was a, he had this very good role that's such a wrestling, you know, like a promoter, like a like a like a didn't have the superstar ego, but the good for business type of person. And he really saved New Japan so many times. Mm -hmm. So many times. All throughout Inoki, the years. Not just uh, yeah, not so just crazy that he'll be spending more than he'd be making. Mm -hmm. And uh, Sakaguchi will be there and saying, like, sir, uh -uh -uh, sir, no. Right? <laughs> and Inoki's one year younger than Sakaguchi, you know, so Sakaguchi's so mature that uh, he would stop, you know, Inoki from doing another crazy thing. Yeah. Did Giant Baba have a lieutenant like that, or was it more or less well, it was, uh, Mrs. his Baba. wife, Mrs. Baba? Yeah. 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 So very different because dynamic. It was more like, uh, yeah, New Japan was more, always more of a big company. And all Japan pro wrestling was equally big, but it ran like your NWA territory. Like like a family business almost. One family, like a Vern Gagne's family or Van yes. Eric family or Sheik and his wife or Dick the Bruiser and his family or, you know what I'm saying? Or, or the Eddie Baba Graham, family. His family, yeah, was in NWA Florida. So it was always Baba's family. And the biggest rookie was Jumbo Tsurura. Giant Baba and Jumbo Tsurura. I mean, mm. the perfect, right? Perfect, yeah. And also for all Japan, they always had, you know, Baba always wanted to bring in um, wrestler, star wrestler candidate from another sport. You know, Olympic wrestler Jumbo Tsura, star sumo wrestler Tenru, mm. and a lot of, lot of, you know, amateur college champions, you know, all the way to like people like John Tenta, you know? Sure. Yeah. Oh, Akira Taue, former sumo wrestler. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, kind of, so, Atale sort of reminded me of uh, Sakaguchi as well. Right, right. Not so motivated. <laughs> right? Not so motivated, a little, uh, not as much of a body guy, I guess, in comparison. He came from sumo yeah, as that well. Is why, that's why that, uh, you know, the you know Toshiaki Kawada became the way he was because he was such an underdog that uh, Bob, both Baba and Mrs. Baba, Probably didn't think Kawada would be anything, right? 
Mm. They Kawada had to prove them wrong, of course. Right. And uh, people like you know Kobashi, he they weren't gonna promote him, you know, because mm. he, he he had height, great athlete, good looking, but never was anything in high school sport. Of course, he played sport. Everybody played high school in high school sport. But uh, Kobashi didn't have the right background that the Mr. and Mrs. Baba was looking for. So mm-hmm. Kobashi, too, had to prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting. And that goes to pro wrestling in all, too. That is why Misawa would put Toshiaki Ogawa, and Yoshinari Ogawa as a champion, or people like... Um, the Inoue into the title match picture, you know, and uh, so it was like, do you remember? It's after subject, but the, do you remember Misawa and the Yoshinari Kawada's tag team? Toshiaki Kawada or Yoshinari no, no, Ogawa? No, no. Yoshinari Ogawa and 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 very yes. beginning of of Noah and 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 very beginning of Noah and the very mm-hmm. end of All Japan Run. Sure. That the yeah. Misawa and, and Ogawa became tag team. They named themselves Untouchable. Hmm. Untouchable, meaning that the, they wouldn't let Mrs. Baba do anything about it. Ah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That's <laughs> that whole that whole uh, aspect of, uh, of pro wrestling in the late 2000s is another thing we could talk about for hours, yeah, too. Yeah, for, forever. Their yeah. relationship. Yeah. Today's subject, Mr. Sakaguchi, Seiji Sakaguchi, his legacy and his accomplishment, his roles in Japanese wrestling history and New Japan history and the relationship he had with Antonio Inoki, he's got the whole accomplishment thing has been so overlooked. That's mm-hmm. why we're talking about Sakaguchi today. Mm-hmm. You know, and always in great shape. Yeah. <laughs> you know, always, yeah. always at the show. I, I, for years, he's always he's around. If you if you're somebody who watches like in a lot of New Japan World, and you look at some of the older matches, if you spend some time poking around, you'll you'll see him in the front row somewhere. He's he's on every uh, so many of the matches. He's always uh, yeah. He traveled. He's, yeah, always at the 150 shows a year. He was there working or not working. Yeah. We should also, also mention uh, his son, sons. Oh, that uh, Kenji Sakaguchi. Yeah, and uh, Yukio. Yeah, oh, uh, Yukio Sakaguchi. Now he's an MMA fighter, the pancreas fighter, and also DDT professional wrestler. Because Seiji Sakaguchi's dad, he told Yukio, "No, you, you can't be a wrestler. No." Hmm. I saw him a couple so, uh, times. He was a pretty, you know, he was a good active wrestler for DDT, and um, mm-hmm. but he didn't have the special treatment. You know, and also Sakaguchi told his sons, "Don't be a wrestler." <laughs> right, right. I yeah. actually just saw Yukio Sakaguchi on an HBO show called Tokyo Vice. He's in the opening scene. He's a yakuza guy. Just, oh, just Tokyo maybe, Vice. Okay, okay. Just thirty yeah, seconds. Right. He's and just his standing younger brother, there. His younger brother Kenji Sakaguchi is much, much bigger actor. Right, right. Very popular. Yeah. Very popular. Yeah. Now he owns his own coffee brand. Wow. Sakaguchi didn't want his sons to become wrestlers. I mean, like a like a soul, like a sober, right? About it, because of course their sons want to 
be wrestler, but Sakuchi is sober enough to say, no, uh, 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 you are not going to be wrestler. No, uh, he saw the top. The top was Inoki and Baba. He was he knows what to expect. So he, I don't know if he wanted that for it his was children. So hard. I mean, it's a it's a hard you know way to you know to live. You'll be you'll be gone 150 nights a year every year, and uh, you get hurt, you be injured, and. Uh, that the wrestlers cannot sign with life insurance because you'll be injured anyhow, right? Sure. And your medical insurance is always, always super expensive. And probably 20 to 25 years out of life, you can be wrestler, but your your life actually is a lot longer than that. There's like a so calm, right? Because Sakaguchi is a success story, but uh, he didn't want his son to be in there. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Right. Yeah. Because both some, both you know Yukio and Kenji Sakaguchi, they they you they used to come to Noge, New Japan Noge Dojo and just work out and sit sit with other wrestlers to have chanko, and hmm. when Muto and Hashimoto and Chono actually Funaki and Akira Nogami too, then you know class of eighty four, they used to come in and just sit around with wrestlers, you hmm. know. So the wrestlers were saying, oh, when are you going to start? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, the father, Sakaguchi, always said, no, no, hmm. not, no, you're not going to. No and, way. <laughs> isn't that interesting? Yeah. And also, Keiji Muto was Sakaguchi's judo boy, number one guy. I see. I mean, judo background. Yeah. yeah. From the day one. Yeah. So a little bit of, uh, ad- not advantage, a uh, little favoritism, maybe. Yeah, no, not not favorite, but it's good. The Sakaguchi, so you know, thing in Muto right away that this guy is gonna be the main event superstar. Mm, you know, I see. Maybe a year from now, maybe a three years from now, five years from now, but that guy will be the star. And when uh, Keiji Muto was traveling in states like an NWA Crockett into WCW or even the Florida days, Sakaguchi and Muto will meet up in Las Vegas. To spend a few days together. Hmm. Yeah. So that was like a Keiji Muto was a Sakaguchi boy all along. Yeah. I see. Very, very interesting. So Sakaguchi's, you know, legacy is not just wrestler. Of course, he won the World League tournament and uh, he was also always Inoki's tag team partner and Ricky Choshu's tag team partner. He had a singles title. And uh, he was always there, but it was more like what he had done, uh, or he still is, that what he was for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think we could to say still day. is to this day. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's still there. Now, he, yeah, he was president. He was chairman, and now he's retired. But uh, what do you call those ex? Uh, that the former president, yeah, uh, like a honorary member, yeah. stat, honorary uh, president, uh, retired, pre- yeah, like a former president. He comes in once a week, uh, once a week, just yeah. to have a cup of coffee with have a cup of coffee, coffee, I guess, yeah, not not even chanko, just a, a quick hello, and he's he's put yeah. in his time. Yeah, and then also when Inoki passed away, he, yes, he was the one who was holding Inoki's framed photo. Remember? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So so that's like uh, Seiji Sakaguchi is so important in this New Japan history. 
And I want today's English speaking fans who are interested in Japanese wrestling that the that Sakaguchi was such an important figure that, that I want them to know about that. I think that's I think that's reasonable and I think it's important. I think especially in a post Inoki era that we're in now, this new, very new transition period, I guess you call it. Yeah. Yeah, well, different. Would you era. say so? Yeah, it's kind of like Sakaguchi era into your Fujinami Choshu era into combined with UWF era and then the Three Musketeer era onto all the way to Shinsuke Nakamura, that uh, Katsuyori Shibata, the Hiroshi Tanahashi era, that the Sakaguchi was always there. Hmm. Hmm. His DNA is in the in New Japan and and everything from. from not just yeah, from what you see in the wrestling. Was common, somebody with common sense. Yeah. Inoki, I mean, in good good way, Inoki had no common sense, right? That's why he accomplished <laughs> yeah. so much. Yeah. Right, but right. Sakaguchi was common sense in the real world. He graduated from college and worked in a real company, and he was accomplished judoka, you know, the world-class world judoka turned professional wrestler. It didn't really have this superstar ego, but he was accomplished superstar too. And very, very interesting, you know, wrestler. I or think Kimura. compared with Inoki, he, Inoki seemed like a very impulsive kind of uh, guy. He, he wanted to do it right then, it's right now. Trick, right? And I think Sakaguchi was more thoughtful and would like to analyze so, the decision. So Inoki needed Sakaguchi as the number one lieutenant. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a, a good way to, to think about it. I think that's an easy way to, to imagine the dynamic of the relationship. Yeah, New Japan wouldn't have become a big company without Sakaguchi. Uh-uh. Well, that's cool. So, yeah. I think that's, that, so that's that, important. That's, I think it's uh, good to talk we about. Want to make. Yeah. So if we have questions for you about Sakaguchi or anything else, I mean, where can we oh, find anything you? Anything about wrestling. Anything, space, yeah. Yeah, English-speaking world. That, uh, that, yeah, it seems like there are more fans interested in Japanese wrestling more now than ever, right? Yeah, there's more, more access Japan, to so it. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's English commentary, English play-by-play. -play. YouTube and, uh, and streaming services. Streaming services, yeah, yes. You remember so, um, the days of when we would have to wait a few weeks for the VHS tape? VHS uh, tapes. And, and it's like a second, second, second generation tape that doesn't even look good. Yeah, you would have, I would have to wait until the winter to see the G1 finals. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it would have to happen. They would have to air. And then somebody dubbed it. And by then, and it's fourth generation. Yeah, yeah, so you got to get the tracking button going and everything. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I'm glad so those days are over in some ways. Yeah, yeah. So it's like <laughs> access, you have you know a lot better access, and if you you know look through Google's, you have more you know thing that you can learn about. And going to YouTube, you will find old footage of Japanese wrestling too. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's such an era we are living. And uh, if you know more about Japanese wrestling, I think the better you understand. Yeah. yeah, especially even even the modern stuff. I think there's so many little details that connect uh, to each other in pro like, like uh, you know Muto and Naito coming up next week. That's a that's a long that's a long story. Oh yeah, making. and then the people think it, it will be Muto's night, but I believe it's gonna be Naito's night. Uh, it kind of feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is he yeah. gonna shave his head too? I think he's gonna shave his head. Then, then look like Muto and, yeah. and the big hood, you know, walk into the long ramp when the 
wearing you that know, same white robot. jacket, yeah. I think. Yeah, and then uh, it might look like Muto. Or the, all these things that uh, Naito can do, like uh, exact same moonsault and other, and more. And it, it is it is Muto's retirement match, but she, it, it, I think Muto wants to leave, like to be continued. This is going to be Naito's story. Naito yes. will probably Naito will beat Muto clean, right? Probably. Of, I think it has to be. It has to yeah. be. And also, this is going to be the year he's going to finally win IWGP World Heavyweight title. He'll probably win uh, G1 Climax this year. And when you look back, 2023 will be Tetsuya Naito's year because of this match. Mm, that's big, big stuff. The big the baton is being passed. They're, they're passing yeah. the, the sword. And, you know, it's a good I, – I think I'm speculating here. I don't know what's going to happen, but I feel that – the same rhythm we felt in the Nakamura match at Budokan. He kind yeah, of passed yeah, Muta. Passed the torch. Yeah, he will become like a great Muta. And yeah. they shared the DNA. That's what Tokyo yeah, Sports said. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and we haven't seen uh, Shinsuke Nakamura on WWE TV in a long time. So, hey, he's I think hidden. he's kind of split yeah, uh, his personalities between was, two uh, people. It was also Shinsuke Nakamura along with Michael Hayes' idea. When you What's go that? back to the well, the don't don't come back was nothing. Mm-hmm. Once with this, had a footage of Great Muta and Shinsuke Nakamura working. It has to come back with something that can be used in WWE. Of course. So it's a DNA they call it. Yes. So I'm expecting Nakamura to re, like regroup and remodel, and uh, the new Shinsuke Nakamura will be around soon. The great Shinsuke. Probably something yeah. like and that. That's pretty interesting, huh? Yeah. yeah. So Cage yeah. Muto just wouldn't leave. You know, he'll he'll have his fingerprint all over the place. And be, between Nakamura and Naito, those two have their own history in of New course Japan. They're superstars, you know, but, but with and, each but other, with each other. Bigger. Yeah, yeah. They have their own New Japan history between each other too. So I think uh, that's oh, somewhere down the line they might meet yeah. again, huh? So uh, that's. That? Coming to the original point, if we learn all this history and we learn about how everything was put together, then we can see in the end this beautiful story that they're trying to tell based on and facts. At the end of the day, it would make a lot of sense, right? And it's, it, it is nice. Those dreams. And anybody who saw the moment in the ring a couple of weeks ago where I think it was at the New Japan show, they, Muto they came in. Yeah. Came, came his face, his, his facial here. expression changed. I've never seen Muto look. Uh, excuse me, uh, Naito look so uh, uh, like a little kid. Because yeah, Tetsuya Naito is always doing this, you know, that uh, tranquilo, cool. Yeah, cool. like oh, putting on his character, right? But like a real Naito will come out, and mm. probably people love him a lot more that way. Much more because it's Much you know more. it's a. Uh, Again, that connects back to the Takata match, uh, 95. He he was 11 years old. He went with his dad. He he said, I'm going to become a pro wrestler. And also that uh, young Tanahashi was watching from the nosebleed. Mm. (laughs) Amazing, amazing how one match can uh, make so many uh, special moments uh, in people's lives. And we see that callback 20 years later. All the dots connected, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I I think. It, all of this stuff helps us enjoy it 
very very much and when i say it, i mean the japanese pro wrestling yeah. yeah so so six days from now yep we'll be watching keiji muto against tetsuya naito that's right yep it's on pay-per-view what but you know yeah. what are, are are you going to it for me of course okay well i'll see you there that's right yeah well uh and our next show is i think we'll do yeah, i got the of- uh, annual big Press pass from Pro Wrestling Noah. Oh yeah, we sent that out that in uh, January. The the one year yeah. media pass. It's it's yeah, handy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I think the next time we record will be in person. So everyone get ready for that. Yeah. Next, next episode, let's do it in Japan. Okay. So before that, if we want to reach out, how can we reach out to you online? Oh, uh, on Twitter at Fumihiko Dayo, F U M I H I K O D A Y O Fumihiko Dayo on Twitter, or just Fumisaito on Facebook. And on Twitter, you can find me at Justin M. Nipper, K-N-I-P-P-E-R. That's it for now. All right. That's it. Let me take it away. So long from Tokyo. Write that down.